Have you ever thought that your little one might show some signs of anxiety? You know, it can start even earlier than you would think. And the cool thing about noticing it early is that we now know that the earlier that anxiety is addressed, the less likely it is to lead to more serious mental health issues that aren't always quite as easy to treat successfully. So today I've asked Jessica Bradshaw, guidance counselor with over 22 years experience working with children. She's an award-winning elementary guidance counselor here in the Dallas area. She's going to talk to us about ways to, one, recognize the signs and symptoms in your child, and two, how we can help them as their parents, as their caregivers, what we can do to help manage it. Welcome back to Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. I'm Casey Barnes, registered dietitian nutritionist, mom of two, and a lot of our episodes go beyond just the toddler years. Today is one of them, and this is gonna be helpful even if you have a school-aged kiddo, so definitely listen in. If you have any worries about anxiety, you know, this is informational only. If you have questions about your own child's mental health, please reach out to a qualified professional but I'm so excited for you to hear some of these strategies that Jessica has to share with us because it can be really hard to know how to help your little one and sometimes we can unknowingly do stuff that makes it worse and I know you don't wanna do that. I've totally been there myself. So let's go ahead and chat with Jessica. Jessica, hi, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because anxiety is something that we have dealt with in our family, both me personally, and I'm super open talking about that on my social media because I think it's something that can have a big stigma around it. And I'm really glad we're talking about it for kids. We actually talked to you a couple months ago when Teddy, we were noticing signs with Teddy and I was just like, ah, what is your opinion? And so I'm really glad to have you here today talking to us. So yes. it's going to be really helpful for parents, especially ones who are like, you know, maybe they have anxiety themselves or they're seeing some signs maybe in their kids and they're not quite sure. So let's dive right into it. First off, can you just tell us from your description as a guidance counselor, as somebody who works with kids, what is anxiety for kids? So, you know, I actually work with pre-K through sixth grade. So I have a variety of ages that I deal with. And I start as early as pre-K, four years old, talking about our brains and how our brains work. And I think that really helps kids to understand when they are having these worries or anxieties, what that might look like. So we talk about our amygdala and how it's kind of like a switchboard. And when something is, when we're in danger, our amygdala just lights up and we have that fight, fight, or fees response. And so the kids are very, you know, they know that that happens, but they know sometimes our amygdala will switch on when we're not in danger and we think we're in danger. And so that is really what anxiety is. It's that amygdala lighting up and kind of taking over and shutting down the rest of the brain and saying like, nope, I'm taking over right now. And so for them to really know that that happens to a lot of people, it's very common, but sometimes it can happen more often. And then it, it doesn't really keep us safe anymore. It starts to become something that provides a lot of fear when we start having those symptoms of anxiety. And so I think that that's the best way to explain it is just explain it the way that the brain is. And so, yeah, yeah. I think that's really helpful. And I love 
just teaching kids about how their body works, how their brain works and having them understand it without any judgment. You're just like, this is what's happening in the brain. Yeah. So how can it show up in kids? What are some of the signs or symptoms that we might see? And what age might this start at? You can actually start noticing it as young as like six months to three years. Usually that is like, you see that in like separation anxiety. You see um, going to daycare for the first time and crying and having a really hard time, like self-soothing and stuff. And that is not uncommon. And there's nothing necessarily to be concerned with, especially if you have like repeated exposures and Most of the time, kids kind of grow out of it by the age of like two or three. You start then seeing it moving from separation anxiety to maybe more school-related anxiety as they reach school age. That looks like, you know, them not wanting to go to school, them maybe having some social phobias or fears of things that might happen or friends. Symptoms look very different in every single kid. And so oftentimes, parents don't even know their kids are having anxiety because they're complaining of a stomach ache or their head's hurting. Maybe their muscles are aching and they just just can't describe it. They just don't feel well. You see a lot of crying, and anger outbursts, which seems very interesting, but that's actually a very common way that kids show anxiety is just getting angry out of nowhere. Not sleeping or waking up with bad dreams. They may start wetting the bed, worrying, having negative thoughts, appetite changes that can also be related to anxiety. Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful to know. I'll share personally, like with, with Teddy, that we just really noticed that it was like social related that if he Mm -hmm. went somewhere new, he was really scared, like crying would not leave my side. And for me, I was like, okay, this seems like more than kind of what other kids might be going through. Like this seems like a lot because it was happening all the time. And it was very extreme. Like he wouldn't talk in a new setting. And that's when I was like, okay, this feels like something that I need Mm -hmm. to talk to somebody about. So with all these, you know, it's, it can show up in so many different ways. How would a parent know, like, what's the difference between experiencing anxiety? Cause everybody experiences anxiety from time to time. So what's the difference between experiencing anxiety and maybe having an anxiety disorder or something that needs to be treated? Absolutely. And I get asked that a whole lot. And also it's, it's good to note that a lot of the symptoms of anxiety can look like ADHD or behavior disorder. So sometimes you might think, oh, they're exhibiting some of these things the anger or something, but it might actually be something different. So if it is ever something that is causing the child, like you gave the example with Teddy, like there, where he is unable to participate in activities that other children are, and you're noticing that, that is a huge, you know, red flag. Some of the other differences between severe anxiety and just everyday worries that kids experience. I mean, every kid's going to have some sort of like phobia or be afraid of either the dark or something. And those are normal and typical, but it's when it becomes unrealistic. So an example for that might be your child's worried about getting sick from a disease that they have absolutely no exposure to. And then they just consistently wash their hands because they're so afraid of getting some like weird flesh eating bacteria that they might've heard once. And they're, you know, nobody has that. There's not anybody that they know that they're exposed to. It can also be something that's like out of proportion. So, you know, where a kid, it's normal for a kid to have test anxiety and, you know, we got star testing coming up, we got to take a test and you're kind of nervous, but this child like refuses to even go to school, or maybe they're a third grader worried about the SAT that they don't even have to take till they're in high school. That would be something out of proportion. 
It could be something when you're overly self-conscious, like a boy being nervous to talk to girls in his class. That's typical. That's fine. But then maybe somebody with social anxiety might be afraid to just even say their order at a restaurant. And so if the waiter comes around and, and the kid's normally talking and then they just shut down and they just can't speak to another person, unwanted and uncontrollable. So like a kindergartner crying at school because he misses his mom, that's typical. But a boy with separation anxiety might cry because he can't stop thinking that something will happen to his mom if he's away from her. So it's just kind of these like very outlandish, it just seems very out of proportion. It's really hard to understand. But ultimately, if the worries and anxieties are like making your child's life harder than it should be and limiting the experiences they should have. So participating in soccer or going to school and doing these things, then that's definitely like a huge red flag to talk to the doctor and to get some some help and find out, is it anxiety? Is it ADHD? Is there a behavior issue? What's going on? And so, yeah. Now, is this something that like, I guess it might depend on the age of the child, but would you say that it's okay to bring it up to the doctor in front of your child? Like talk about it with them present? I definitely agree. It depends on the age. I think, you know, a part of a kid with anxiety might be terrified to go to the doctor. So I think having those conversations of, hey, here, you know, you have these big worries and it's okay to feel worried, but they're so big that like you feel this way when it comes time to like go to school or go to soccer and it makes you feel really sad. Like, let's talk to the doctor about that. And you can ask them like, do you want me to talk by, you know, just the doctor and me? Is it okay if you're in the room so that he can ask you questions and you can describe how your body's feeling and just kind of have them be a part of the conversation? I mean, I think as early as even kindergarten, kids can be more autonomous and speak for, you know, what they feel most comfortable with. And, you know, ultimately the doctor needs to know. So you have to have that conversation, but just kind of allowing the child to know that you're going to talk about that with them. And, and if they have a meltdown and it's, it's a scary moment, okay, you know what? We're going to just put that aside for another time and you can just talk to the doctor privately about it. That's really helpful. So what about like, other than, you know, reaching out to the doctor and going that route of seeking some help, like what are some ways that parents can help their anxious children? You know, the first thing is just talking to your child about how they're feeling and acknowledging that their feelings are valid, that you're there to support them. You want to keep an open conversation about how they're feeling and just, you know, I know you're feeling really worried right now. Wow. You seem really scared and just really acknowledging the way that they're feeling. Yeah. Um, and that, another thing that's before you go on, I yeah. just want to dive into that a little bit more because I yeah. feel like growing up, like I remember it was so common to hear like, no, you're fine. Or don't worry about that. Or, and I'm sure people still do that now. Cause it's like, you don't want your child to feel upset or worried. And so I think it's natural for a lot of parents, adults to want to say like, don't worry about that. Or you shouldn't be scared of this. Yes. Is that common? It is common. And it's actually like a huge, what not to say. And if you have said it before, there's nothing wrong with it. Like it, it's all about re-educating and relearning different language. And so I think like some of the things that in the past people have like, oh, stop worrying. It's okay. This isn't a big deal. You know, I, I've even heard parents say like, oh, I don't know what you're so worried about. It's fine. You know, and, and that is a normal reaction as a mom or a dad or a caretaker to want to like comfort your child. But if you think about like when you've had hard conversations with people, it's usually more comforting when someone says just like, I'm here for you. You know, let's work on this together. How can I help you through this? I know this is hard. You're safe. I am here. 
let's take some deep breaths together. You know, what is your worry telling you? Asking one of the biggest techniques I use with kids and parents is personifying worry and make it into like a worry monster, give it a name. And so just like asking like, what is Phoebe telling you to do? You know, what is Phoebe saying to you right now? Or what is your worrying telling you? So kind of instead of trying to like immediately shut down how they're feeling by comforting them, comfort them by saying like, I'm here for you. You're okay. We're going to work through this together. How can I help you? I really love that because I do think we have this fear sometimes that if we do validate it, that it's going to make it bigger. It's going to make it stronger. It's going to make it keep happening. But I think maybe the opposite can be true. Absolutely. And so just letting them know that this is okay and that you're going to work through this together. Another technique that's really helpful is to like establish like a time a day, a week or something to discuss like what your child's worried about. I have a lot of families that make like little worry jars and then they add like the kid will put in, like write it down. You know, obviously they'd have to be old enough to kind of write down things, but put it in the worry jar and then discuss them at the end of the week and kind of talk through you know, what, what happened and how it was going. I know a lot of parents, and I think you, you mentioned this, like blame themselves because they have anxiety themselves. And so I think that helping get management for your own anxieties is so helpful. And you can model that for your kids. When you're feeling nervous, you can say like, Oh, I'm feeling really worried about this. I'm really anxious. Like let's take some deep breaths together. And so practicing some of those coping strategies and coping tools together can really show like, Hey, I'm going through this too. And I'm going to name it. And then I'm going to show you how I'm going to help myself get through this. And so that helps model it for your kids. That has been huge for me too, of just working on my own journey with therapy and, and working through my own anxiety. And I noticed that the more like calm and centered and okay, I am, it's like the energy catches, you know, and he feels that way too. And so you know, I, I try not to blame myself, even though I sometimes do, because I'm like, ah, it's just like something that's been with me for so long. And I'm only now learning how to really manage it and work through it. And like, that's okay. It's good that I'm here now. And even though I already noticed these signs in Teddy, like I'm still able to help, but I just, I, I have noticed a huge difference Mm -hmm. in calming my own anxiety and, and also just being able to separate like what is mine and what is his, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So I like to tell parents like to feel, so it's like F E E L. So the first thing, like if your kid's in the middle of feeling anxious, like ask them to just freeze. So freeze and like take some deep breaths together. And then E, the second first E stands for empathize and understand it's scary and let them know you get it. The second E is evaluate. So once you guys have taken the deep breaths together and you're calm, then kind of work through some solutions to, you know, whatever they're feeling worried about. And then L, like let go, let go of your own guilt. Like this is not you, you know, there's nothing that you can do, but just be there for them and help support them. And and that is, that is the best that you can do. So freeze empathize, evaluate, let go. Freeze, empathize, evaluate, let go, feel. I love that. I think that also can help prevent that escalation. And like me as a naturally more anxious person, it's like, you know, he could be feeling one way and then I naturally react to that. And then it's like, we climb up this mountain together, (laughs) but it's like that can help diffuse the situation. And you can use it for yourself too, you know, like just kind of taking those deep breaths, freezing and figuring out what the next steps are going to be and moving on. So absolutely. 
those are really great tips. Something else that I remember reading about was the worry hill. Are you familiar with that one? I don't know that one. Okay. Then maybe we shouldn't talk about it now. If I can adequately, (laughs) yeah, it was just, it was in this book and it was talking about, I don't remember now. (laughs) (laughs) I know something, well, and I don't think this is it, but like what another technique is like laddering. And that's kind of when your kid has a specific fear or something that they're worried about and kind of gradually exposing them to that. So if they're afraid of dogs, right, you would just kind of like show a photo or video of a dog online. And like, you kind of just expose them to that and kind of each day kind of show them a photo and then you maybe read stories about a dog and and then you can like take a walk in the neighborhood and see a dog across the street and like just that's as close as you get that day and then just each time you get a little closer a little you know more familiar to maybe the point where they're standing in front of the dog and then that's it that's as much as we're gonna get you don't push it you just kind of let it happen and then you know, kind of move in the next, maybe you encourage them to like use the back of their hand and pet the dog. And so that's something that takes a lot of time, but it really is helpful if someone has a specific fear of a specific thing. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that it's hard to know where to fall within exposing them to the thing that's scary and them totally freaking out and shutting down. Or if you're avoiding it altogether, then we're not making any progress. So knowing that there's steps that you can take so that it's like they're confronting a little bit of the fear at a time. Yes. Mindfulness is huge. And so if, if, you know, you're not familiar with mindfulness, I say to all parents, like practice it yourself because it not only helps you and like you talked about being centered and stuff like it is so, so helpful for kids. I mean, we do a lot of breathing. We do a lot of yoga together. My favorite when a kid's in the middle of an anxiety or worry attack is grounding and grounding. They all think like they're in trouble at first. Like, oh no, I'm grounded. But I'm like, <laughs> no, like, so you name like five things you see, four things you hear, three things you can touch, two things you can smell and one thing you can taste like in that moment because it tricks your amygdala to kind of shut down and use that prefrontal cortex. And, and now you're out of that worry part of your brain. Yes. Okay. So I learned that too. And I can never remember the number of all the things I get to like five things I can see. And then I'm like four things I can hear, (laughs) which one, but I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll just go with it. Exactly. And, and you're at that point, you're already, now you're thinking about that. So you're kind of getting yourself out of that worry mindset. But I always think like, it's easier to say the things you can see first and then the things you can hear and then like touching, you know, can be your clothes and like what your table or how you feel if you're hot or cold. And then the taste and smell are kind of the hardest. So you kind of have those at the least. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. You know, it's something that I reminds me of the work that I do with picky eaters too, because a lot of them experience a lot of anxiety around food and just kind of that like laddering that you were talking about of first Mm -hmm. being able to just be near the food and then like, we're going to touch it before we can actually taste it. Like that is kind of the progressions that we work through too. So something else I wanted to touch on that I found really helpful with Teddy, and I'm wondering if you recommend this to parents as well, is like we found some kids books that talk about anxiety. And I felt like that was an easier way for me to bring it up with him because it like gave me the words to use basically. Yes, absolutely. So I actually, I'll um, send you a, like a thing that I share with my parents that have like age appropriate books for different age groups. So like pre-K through the third grade and like fourth through sixth grade. 
And then books for parents to help understand anxiety. Because if you don't experience it yourself, it might be challenging for you to understand exactly what the kid's going through. And, and if you do have it, it also helps you kind of understand how you can work through it with your kiddo. So I have some of those books that yeah. I will give to you to add to like the notes or whatever. Awesome. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes. That would be really helpful. There's one that Teddy really likes that's called like anxious ninja because he loves ninjas. <laughs> I love it. That's um, awesome. But I, I'm sure you have such good recommendations for us. Are there any other like activities that you would say are good for children with anxiety? For sure. I mean, I think creating like a, a worry monster and that could be something you guys do together, whether you draw it or create it out of a paper sack or just talk about it and describe it and kind of give it a, a name or even take like a stuffed animal and like, this is going to be, you know, your worry monster. So when you're feeling worried, you can sit down and talk to this monster and, you know, kind of get that out. I think that that's really helpful, especially for younger kids to kind of have a personified version of their worry. I think parents can also help create like a checklist of cool down instructions for when their kids are experiencing that. So maybe like a picture of, you know, take a deep breath and then remembering like mindfulness and a, a tool that they love to use and whether it's going outside for a walk or doing some jumping jacks or eating your favorite snack or drawing a picture or something like that, having the different tools that specifically help your kid and kind of listing them out in order of like, take a deep breath, you know, do now do a mindfulness exercise and now go do this activity that you enjoy. I love that. I just love that we have so many tools and resources available for parents now. I remember reading something about like the earlier that you can help them understand and work through their anxiety, it's like the less ingrained those neural pathways are and the Absolutely. easier they are, easier time they have with like managing it throughout their whole life. Of course. And so that's why I just think just having these conversations and talking to your kid about their brain and finding the right books to, to describe it, just really help them understand a, they're not alone. And then what they're going through, like they can, it can be something that you work through and overcome and have strategies that you can use for the rest of your life. Yeah. I didn't even know the word anxiety probably till I was in college. Like I yeah. just didn't even know that it existed. Well, and I think it's just becoming a lot more prevalent, especially in younger. I mean, I think the CDC says that there's like 7.1% of kids three to 17 that are diagnosed with anxiety, but because a lot of people don't take their kids to the doctor for whatever reason, it's actually closer to 20%. So like one wow. in five kids and like have anxiety and like a diagnosed anxiety disorder. And so I think that really that puts it into perspective and it's only growing. And I think with everything that's happened in the last couple of years, it's, it's increased even more. Yeah. I mean, we tried calling around to find a therapist just to like do a consult for Teddy and people don't even have waiting lists. They're so yeah, cool. it's crazy. So I think if you have school age children, you'd be surprised at some of the things that just a school counselor can do. And so, I mean, I work, I do small groups with kids with anxiety right now. I'm going through like test testing anxiety, small groups, because we have the star testing come up, coming up in May. And so we do like a six week program with the kids and I mean, I, I work one-on-one -on -one individually. I help parents kind of get some tools. And so, especially if it's really hard to get in to see a counselor or psychiatrist, it's so important to just like reach out to your school counselor and, you know, we're licensed counselors too. And so I think that you can get a lot of tips that you may not know that you have that resource available. So 
that's amazing advice. I don't know why I never even thought of that with Ted. I think because it's the first year he's in yeah. actual school. You know, Absolutely. you don't even think about what they can provide, even though I'm yeah. like, I talk to you and I consider you an expert <laughs> on this, but like didn't make the right. connection about his own yeah. school. So that's awesome advice. I have parents all the time tell me like, oh, I didn't know you did that. I thought you just like talk to kids about schedules or, and I'm like, no, like they're, you know, like this is what I love to do. Like this is what I am here for. So yeah. Well, you're doing such important work. I'm so grateful for you and all the other people like you who work with kids and help kids. And I just want to thank you so much for talking with us today. Absolutely. And I'll send over that stuff so you can add it to the show notes and Perfect. And you are online as well. So where can parents find you? So I have a, I sometimes touch on kids stuff and counseling stuff, but I have like a lifestyle blog at Love You More Too on Instagram and online. So you can connect with me there. You can reach out to me for any kind of resources. I do a ton of stuff and I'm happy to provide any resources to parents that might need it. So Well, you are so kind and this was awesome. Thank you, Jessica. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. This one was jam-packed with helpful tips for all of us. I know I learned some new things from Jessica today. If you enjoyed this episode, if you love the podcast in general and all the helpful things you learned from it, please leave me a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts means the world to me and it helps the podcast reach more parents if there's any topics you would love to hear about on the podcast or you have a specific question that you want me to answer go ahead and go to mamanosnutrition.com forward slash podcast you can submit a question there or call the podcast voicemail anytime to leave me a question 